Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. I hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy and staying sane. I feel like those are kind of the, the wishes I give to people these days as this pandemic continues. Um, there's a lot of rough news that we're hearing um, in terms of the sickness, the death, um, the economic impact, the mental health impact, um, the anti-Semitic impact, because wherever Jews are found, um, we're, sorry, wherever, let's say that the other way, it seems that somehow where diseases or pandemics are found, like the Black Plague, um, would Jews somehow always get blamed uh, you know, for that? Um, we end up getting blamed as a group, as a whole, for the mistakes of some. Um, and so we're happy to bring you some good news. We're happy to bring you some uh, positive news. Although I guess I should clarify that um, the news that we're going to bring you today is is mixed news. It's uh, it's bittersweet news. It's um, unfortunately the news. I guess there's no like purely good news nowadays. I guess a lot of things here, um, even the good that's done, is really being done because um, people are sick and people are dying. Um, but um, we have to look for sort of the positive, um, you know, elements within uh, sort of this ongoing tragedy. Um, I was contacted by um, someone that we've spoken to before here, a great guy named Yoli Leibowitz. He is a barchan, or uh, in English that's called a comedian. Um, he's uh, from the Hasidic community, from the Samar Hasidic community. Um, and he told me that there was a very special man um, that was known to the Hasidic community named Pastor William Richard Harold Jr. Um, he died a few weeks ago from coronavirus. Um, and the from, and I would say a lot of probably contributors uh, to this crowdfunding campaign after he passed away are coming from the Hasidic community specifically, um, are um, raising money for um, his funeral costs, um, money for his family. Um, you know, this, uh, as you probably guessed, um, the fact that he was a pastor, um, he was not <laughs> Jewish, um, he was actually black. Um, you know, we've heard, um, I, we, there were months ago before uh, all the coronavirus started, uh, stuff started, there were unfortunately some um, sort of moments of tension between the Hasidic community and the black community. We had some, um, you know, attacks happening. We had our own um, you know, sort of small initiative, the Meet a Jew in the City, Make a Friend, um, to try to build bridges and create conversations. But I think what's um, special about um, what Yoeli and, um, you know, the other people organizing this crowdfunding campaign will say is that, um, unfortunately, the media usually captures um, the worst stories. And obviously, when there's stabbings and murders, you know, the media will capture that. Um, but they're exist in the world, all these quiet backstories of positive uh, relationships between Jews and non-Jews, Blacks and Hasidic Jews, you know, things that we never hear. Um, and we're, you know, really um, happy to have Yoli come on today and talk a little bit about um, how special um, Pastor um, Harrow was um, and what he meant to uh, to the from community. So Yoli, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Allison, so much for inviting me and sharing this story. This was a, a very touching um, story just to see the communities coming together. But this goes back a long time. The friendship goes back a long time. I actually started becoming friends with him about 20, 20 years ago. Um, I was uh, you know, talking with a friend who knew him and, um, and he came in and naturally I wouldn't think ever that he speaks Yiddish. <laughs> but after a few minutes, he started talking to me, full conversation in fluent Yiddish, and it was just 
hilarious, but at the same time, it wasn't just a funny thing to see him speak Yiddish, but he was a smart and funny man. So his lines were not just lines thrown out in, you know, sometimes people have a few lines that they know in a different language, but he conversed in a very friendly way, in, a, in almost in a way that when we spoke, we didn't see any divide, any division in, 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 in any way. It was just a very, very beautiful moment. Just a second. So um, Yarely actually told us that um, you have some clips um, of, of uh, the pastor speaking Yiddish that um, he's going to um, send over to us. So we're going to um, put some of the Yiddish into, uh, into our uh, interview today so we can hear him and his Yiddish better than mine. Can we back up? How... How did um, this pastor come to learn Yiddish? Because I have been working with Hasidim now for several years, and I like literally have like three words. Um, so, what okay. what's his story? How how did how did um, you know this pastor become friends with the Hasidic community? Um, how how did this all begin? So, about forty years ago, I would say, or thirty years ago, I don't know exactly the number when when it started. He um, became a volunteer in the Hatzalah for Shabbos, certain things that we couldn't do, he was helping out and he was literally saving lives with that because when you need, when you need um, certain things done and you need, you need to have someone who could do it, he was jumped in and he was there every Shabbos helping out and actually everyone around him spoke Yiddish. So he was smart enough to say, you know what, don't speak English to me, speaking Yiddish and I'll learn it. And I don't know exactly how it went, but eventually his Yiddish became his almost first language. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna stop now and we're gonna hear a clip of uh, the pastor speaking some Yiddish. Okay, the kids will sing in ein Yiddish again, please. <laughs> so yeah, as, as you can hear that his Yiddish is so natural with the slang and everything and he would like send clips to, to people just like sending nice wishes and and uh, listen to this clip. Heros, do see the best supplies to Koif Alazach for the Lababacha, the Vizinit, the Pupa, Azali, Aroni, Ala Yidin, Tikrim, from Atlanta Avenue and Koif Alazach. As you see that he also knew that, you know, how to how to wish them uh, like nice brachas and, and blessings. And he knew the whole slang. So it was just someone who uh, eventually became friendly with so many people, Hasidim, that would uh, usually you would find themselves more um, uh, in, in, um, um, like introverts. They wouldn't like speak to, to random people out there, but they felt very comfortable speaking with him. Did he live in, I'm, I'm going to just stereotype now, assume that he either lived in Muncie or Brooklyn. Did he live in one of those two places? Uh, yes, he lived in Brooklyn, but I think that he, um, he didn't live in the Jewish neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was a pastor, so he had his own community. 
and uh, his messages that he sent was always globally very positive messages of, of you know, of, of living in peace and being um, positive to one another and, 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 and to be friendly with, with each other and, uh, and be giving. So his message was very, very, um, you know, acceptable to, to all of us. He never spoke anything that, that we had to censor, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that he, are you aware of anyone that met him from um, the from world that had their minds changed about what um, a black man might be like? Meaning when you live, you know, I think Jews, uh, from Jews in general, we tend to live more to ourselves and there's sort of a range of that, but some people have fewer and fewer interactions with people outside of their, even their little bubble, not even about race, but just sort of, of, you know, kind of who they know. Do you think that he changed anybody's opinions about um, the black community? Yes, definitely. Um, How do I know that? Uh, uh, Many years ago, I was involved with an organization that helps people with, you know, that are struggling with cancer and they can't pay the, you know, the premiums of insurance. So they have, there's an organization who helps them. And he was also involved over there. And I worked with a company that did um, video, uh, you know, cinema, um, video uh, productions. So the company RCCS reached out to me that they want to make some kind of awareness uh, um, video to invite the people to a dinner or something like that. And I was thinking then and I said, you know what? This could be something very, very interesting if I can put together a clip that brings out that idea of building those these two bridges and having him act in it. So I reached out to him and he was very, very happy to do it. And I wrote a script quickly, how there's an older fellow that has him as an aide. And the older fellow, you know, he's nervous and then he gets quickly agitated. And when he's getting agitated, he speaks in Yiddish and he's like almost like getting upset, but in Yiddish, like in English, he wouldn't say it like, oh, come on, you fool. What are you doing? Like uh, you're pushing this, like he's, all his complaints were in Yiddish <laughs> and uh, the aide is like very nice about it. And after a while, when, when he's plotting already, when the, this old fellow is like almost like cursing him, he's like, he's like starting yelling at him in Yiddish, in a fluent Yiddish. What's this for me? What do you want from me? Have a listen over here how he says it. Marshy! What's this from here? What's this from here? Gunik, gunik! Head off to shout! You speak Yiddish? I read Zayagate Yiddish. The whole time? Yeah. Since when? Zexen Swansit you. The ganze Zeit ist die verstanden Yiddish? Yeah. So, this I be gekannt. About that? So, you understand when I scream at you in the bus? About that? You know, the train? Yeah, yeah. Make your hodge. And then, and then after this whole thing happened, what you hear now, you can see that um, there are, there, I got so much feedback about it. People who even didn't know about him and said, you know what? It's so interesting because after all, we're all human. We're all, you know, we're all the same. And, and uh, it was, it was a very nice, um, like, I wouldn't say wake-up call, but it was like a, a, a nice tap on the shoulder saying, not everyone you think um, who is different than you is so different. And sometimes a language or a religion could divide us, 
but after all, we're all human and we are all same. We all share so many, so much more than what divides us. And I heard it then from people who also got a wake up call of saying like, you know, sometimes when you speak a different language, it's easier to criticize someone. You don't want to criticize him in a space, but when you say it in Yiddish, it's a little bit easier, maybe not in a bad, not like saying bad things about him, but criticizing about the situation. And over here, it was just very funny to see how he starts yelling at him in a fluent Yiddish. What are you doing? And I added a funny line at the end where, where the older fellow says, oh, thank God you don't speak Hungarian. And he says it in <laughs> Hungarian. But this time I fed a line in, to William and he says, um, yes, of course I speak Hungarian and also in Hungarian. So that was very funny. <laughs> and uh, uh, we called him, we even had a different, we had a Yiddish name for him. Uh, we named him Volvi. He loved the name Volvi, Volvi. because William is Volvi. So we called him Volvi and he loved it. Like, Ivan Volvi, he would tell everyone, I'm like, what's your name? I'm Volvi, my name is Volvi. <laughs> and he was just a very, very funny guy. And everybody loved him. And you can see it over here. If you go on the, onto this uh, link where the campaign is, where people are donating, you can see people who even gave $10, $20. And it isn't easy nowadays, especially with people right. are so afraid where, when they're going to start working again and yeah. if it's going to be successful. But still, people wanted to be part of this and give something. And you see the comments coming in there, how people are saying, I didn't know him, but I, I laughed and he made me feel good about, about myself and about, about so much more than when I watched his clips and his videos. So I think that he made a very strong impact in the Hasidic community as well as in his community because you know sometimes when we met people who knew him and we were like laughing, oh, you know him? Yes, I know him, of course, he's a good friend. And they were also interesting. It was interesting to see how young uh, fellow people from the different community are like laughing, oh, you know our pastor, you know our friend, you know? And uh, I think that that was a very, very beautiful thing, just a very beautiful friendship. And after this happened, his widow reached out to one of his friends that she knew that he had. He, was, he actually has a cheer company and he used to come there always and, you know, and sit around and kibitz with him. And this guy, his name is Mr. Chaim Badner. And he calls me up and he says, Yoli, you know, you heard about William passing. And I said, yes, every group talks about it. Everyone's very sad about it. And Chaim says that his widow is besides herself because she has no money for the funeral, for the burial. Hmm. Maybe we should call a few people and find out if some people will donate. And so I reached out to a friend of mine and I said, you know, who could we reach out to get forward? Who could still donate money now? And he said, you know what? I'm sure there are so many people who benefited from his humor and his smile. I'm sure people will want to donate. So we didn't know if it's going to work or not, but we created that link. We spoke to the family and, uh, you know, and we decided we'll do whatever we can to, to at least cover the burial and maybe even more to put her, you know, when someone dies, especially the breadwinner in a family, you need to have someone, uh, you know, helping them until they, they, they stay on their own feet. And uh, so we quickly put together this link and um, it was unbelievable to see within, within two days, we reached uh, almost $10,000. Sadly, there were so many campaigns going on that it didn't go too much more. It went to 13, 14,000, and it's still going because every day you see more people who reach, who see it, and they donate more. And we already paid most of the money towards the burial and the funeral that happened 
just now. And um, it was something very, very, um, it was something very uh, beautiful to see that, you know, they really appreciated it. And we were very happy to be able to give back even something, you know, this is, this is not going to bring him back, but this is for sure going to make a, a you know, an impression in, in his family to know that we appreciated him very much and we appreciated his efforts to bring this, this, these communities together and this bridge stronger. So I want to just read some of the comments on the chesedfund.com uh, where you have uh, this campaign going. He was a real mensch, always with a big smile. May he rest in peace. Rest in power to a beautiful soul that's someone else. A real mensch in Atzadik. I saw him in an RCCS video and it was momish, uh, prescient, uh, precious. Um, may, go, um, may God, your, may, you, uh, may your soul rest in peace. Um, thank you for bringing joy, kindness, menschlichkeit to both of our communities. Um, what kind of a response um, have you gotten from his family or any of his friends from this uh, this campaign that's raised around $14,000 so far? I got very good feedback. I mean, there's a lady, um, Nafisa Ali. He, she was involved with a family from the family's point of view, and she almost had tears in her eyes saying that, this was this meant so much to the family, and uh, she really said that you know that this couldn't have been paid without you know these funds, and it was something very beautiful, and she was so happy to be part of this, and uh, you know it's it's sad that it has to be you know through pain that this should come together, but it was so beautiful that you know despite the darkness we could shed some light in there, and also I got people from the from my our community who called me and said, this is so beautiful what we're doing. And someone told me, you know what, even if it's not so easy for me, I'm going to donate $500 for this. Hmm. And, uh, and they said, you know, I remember him and I, it's so sad that he's not here anymore. And uh, so it was something very, very beautiful, um, the, the response. And it's sad that, you know, sometimes when a person passes away, that's when people come out and compliment the person. This is how it works. But it was also beautiful to see how the community is celebrating his life, even when it passed. What about from, um, so we talked about how you think the Hasidic community had some stereotypes broken down um, about the black community. And I was going to add before, I think um, it's sort of human nature to sort of feel suspicious of something that looks different than you. Um, my One of my sons, when maybe he was like two, he was watching a Disney video, Doc Mixtuppins, which is a black character a black cartoon character and he made some sort of comment that he didn't like her because her skin was dark or something like that now we have never said a racist word in our house but um something about like she looked different than him and we actually had to confront that and talk about that and tell him that you know we can't judge people by how they look differently so i think um you know having that chance for people to confront people that look different than them and um, have conversations is so important for understanding. Did you ever um, over time hear of anyone from the black community through um, William's connection to you guys um, have their ideas about Hasidic Jews or Jews change? Is that anything that ever got to you? I did see on Twitter when I posted it, I saw a lot of responses and I had a tremendous uh, response to, to the tweet when I, when I posted it at first, when he passed away and you know, it was before I did any fundraising. I was just sharing my, you know, this loss. And I got from all over the world, very beautiful feedback from every corner, every type of 
religion and, 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 and person. But back to the, the question you asked me about the division and racism in, in, in the Hasidic community, I would say that the Williamsburg Hasidic community has a very um, tolerance for, you know, not only tolerance, but friendship, even stronger to the black community than the non-Jewish white community in a way, yeah. because they grew up together and they shared so much together. Like there was a lot of things that the, you know, that they, they, we suffered even now when it came to this lockdown and the masks and, and the way different communities were treated differently. And the black community experienced a very similar fate than the Hasidic community. And I've seen a lot of Hasidic Jews would rather and quicker be friendly to with a black person, mm. you know, because, the, you know, we know each other. We, we grew up in the mm. same neighborhood mm. and, and in the same buildings, you know, we, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with Williamsburg, all these projects, the buildings, every Jew has a neighbor and most of them are uh, minorities, either black or Hispanic or, um, you know, different, um, different uh, minorities. So this, um, that's also the reason why it was so easy for him to be part of the community. And, and we used to invite him to our simchas, you know, to our fest and any, any mm -hmm. uh, weddings, you would see him come with his tie and his beautiful, sometimes he would wear a nice hat and a nice jacket and always wear, he always wore very beautiful stuff, like very, uh, like, oh, oh you know, extraordinary. <laughs> and he was very happy. He, was, he felt like part of the community. And we p felt um, as he was part of it. There was no division. When he was sitting with us, because we only spoke in Yiddish together, <laughs> it was together. He ate chomp, you know. <laughs> he, he loved the, 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 all the Jewish food. And he really broke it down because of all the videos that went out. Because when you see a friendship, you know, it's very nice. But when you, sh when you show it to others and people see, oh, look at this. It, this is so beautiful. So... Um, he's not the only one. There are other um, um, people in the community, happens to be they're also black, that they speak a good Yiddish. And they I'm feeling work. so jealous. Feeling <laughs> so, I have to start taking lessons now. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> it's much more fun to fabrang with Hasidim when you speak Yiddish. I've noticed. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's, so do you think Meaning, because I, I feel like there is a certain, I don't know, narrative about a division between the community, but maybe certain neighbors, neighborhoods are more fraught with division or, do you know, or. or... Uh, yes, I think certain neighborhoods, like, for example, I would say that because in, let's say in Crown Heights, because they had a past of, of different, different types of confrontations and, and, and certain things that happened and that then boiled up, that's over there, you'll find more, uh, um, something like this happening where mm -hmm. they would fight. Mm -hmm. But in the Williamsburg community, I saw that it's more, uh, it's more, I, I think so. Maybe I'm a little biased because I grew up in Williamsburg and I only saw on, t you know, on the news what happened in Crown Heights. And mm -hmm. I'm sure in Crown Heights, you would find many Hasidim that have friends, black friends that they mm -hmm. chat with. And I've seen that happening mm -hmm. live with my eyes, how they could sit in the corner and, and chill together. So I'm, you know, you know how every community has both, but right. overall, I would say that the 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 Jewish community in in Brooklyn has this this, this untold friendship hmm. with the uh, with the black community in Brooklyn. That's really so heartwarming, especially like in times now where it's you just need some good news. What about the Bible? Meaning, um, William was a man of the Bible, and um, you know, hanging out with Hasidim, a lot of uh, people versed in. Uh, 
in of the course, Torah. Did that? Course. Did it? Did you guys ever sort of uh, exchange words of Torah or the Bible together? Did that ever come up? Of course, but in a natural way. He would never preach. But when we would say something that that we would want to refer, like we say, the vice is in in in, and he would say, of course, and he would like avada avada. He would say avada, like for sure, and he would he would send, then say it in English where it is. But uh, but he was a big talent chacham also, <laughs> so it was funny because in the Hasidic community we're not so familiar with, you know, so to speak, the the Bible and 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 pastors and and priests. We're not we don't have like buddies that are head of like clergy but but over here we had this every boy that learns in yeshiva knows so much and they could share with him and say oh you know which pasha this is week this week is and he would say like he would say it very very in a hasidish and not in a not in a in like in a green in a green way more like very like he would have been born into the community Oh my goodness, because even when I try to speak Yiddish, they make fun of me and tell me that my Yiddish is so bad. Um, that's really, that's really special. I want to read the description here that you guys put together on the Chesed Fund, because I think it really um, just sort of shows the love and respect that you had for this man. Pastor William Richard Harold Jr. is another soul the world lost due to COVID-19, but he wasn't just another man. He was an incredible person filled with love and kindness. He spread joy and happiness with his good sense of humor and kind heart. He was a cheerful, friendly leader of his community and friend to all. He was beloved by people from all walks of life. As a volunteer had solid driver for many years, Mr. Harold played a key role in saving many lives throughout the years. Back in the 90s, he was involved with helping organizations like Ace Lasso's, Chesed, RCC, and many more. RCCS, there we go. A man with an easy smile and a strong faith. Pastor Harold leaves behind a devastated widow and five children. Please open your hearts and donate toward his burial costs and to help his loved ones get back on their feet. Um, it's really so touching. It's really so heartwarming. Um, I feel like to connect as uh, human beings is one level um, to connect through the language and humor, like where he was able to, you know, sort of get a very specific culture um, is another level, um, which just kind of shows that you don't have to be born into a certain place to really bond with people like that. And then to connect through faith um, and Divrei Torah is, um, is even another level. And um, I, I hope um, I hope everyone listening will, you know, think about ways to um, look towards people. I guess nobody can leave the house right now. I guess everyone is just trapped inside, but maybe on the internet, uh, try to meet people that are from different backgrounds and try to find the common grounds. And then when we're allowed outside again, do that in the outside world. Um, do you have any sort of closing words? Uh, this campaign is still running. His funeral was last week, but you're trying to, um, you know, sort of gather some more funds for whoever might be able to in these uh, difficult times. Any closing words to our listeners about, uh, you know, why they should give even a few dollars if they can manage it? Yes, definitely. Um, I've seen that people told me that when they gave, they felt they felt they felt good about themselves being part of this, just by being part of this beautiful bridge. That he built and that's going to be like a memory for him and plus you help out his family because he still has younger children and he um his wife was devastated is devastated and everything you know nothing brings back you know a, a person to life but it, it really soothes a heart when you see a community that is different than yours reaches out and helps and and it's part of your pain and and, and is there for your for your tears and and, and ready to help so I would encourage if someone could and wants to be part of this, Where's should the link? go on. What, the what link? link? 
Oh, the link is, uh, let me see how. Uh... Is it easy to do? You also sent it to me. So it's uh, chesed. So it's thechesedfund.com. Um, and then it's backslash harel slash family. So it's thechesedfund.com backslash H-A-R-R-E-L backslash family. Yeah. Um, thank you so and much. Also, I saw I saw it was it was even written up in the Yiddish newspapers. Hmm. It was very interesting to see. You never see a pre a pastor being written up in a Yiddish newspaper in Yiddish. And so it was very beautifully written up as well. Hmm. And we are cherishing as uh, contributions for the family. And I and, you know, we encourage that if we see people from other different communities, don't be shy. And if you want to speak Yiddish. We're, we're not so scary. We're ready to talk. Okay, some of us are really trying, but we're not getting it so well. Um, <laughs> it's really so touching and so beautiful. And like I said, bittersweet, um, a tremendous loss, but also um, so beautiful to reflect on his life and um, the friendships that he made and that bigger, I mean, gosh, we have to connect right now with the world being attacked by the common enemy. Um, so thank you so much for organizing this, for sharing this. Um, and you should stay uh, safe and healthy. Thank you so much, Allison. And thank you for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.